Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Somebody say, the Lord is with me. We are a powerful people. That's right, and we can read all about us right here in the Word of God. Because we got a powerful Lord and Savior, therefore we are a powerful people. Because He lives in us. Greater is He that's in you than He that is in the world. And you and I are the church of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ here in the earth. And when we come over into the book of Acts which is where we are going again today in our series on the book of Acts. We see here the church, the early believers, and how they lived their life, how they were able to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. They were a powerful, mighty group of people because they had faith in a powerful, mighty God. Do we have faith in the same God? Yes. See, they, what they did and the kind of life that they lived, they did it because they had faith in God. It wasn't because God just kind of handpicked them and was doing something kind of special in their life that he really doesn't do with everybody all the time. You know, sometimes, you know, God's just got some special people that he does some special things through. You know, a lot of people talk like that, but that's just not the, that's not the case. Jesus said, according to your faith, let it be done unto you. And all things are possible to him that, huh? Yeah. See, to him that believes. We know all things are possible with God. But the Bible says all things are possible to him who believes. Who, he who be, believes in God. All things become possible with us. So they were able to do what they did, not because they were just kind of some special people. No, they had faith in a special kind of God. They had faith in the power of God. And as a result of that, God was able to do all kinds of powerful things through their life. That was never to stop. That was to continue to go on and on and on, generation after generation, right up to the generation you and I are living in right now. And it should have only been getting stronger and better. But, you know, there's a lot of religion and a lot of all kinds of crazy things that have entered into the church world that have sidetracked the church, that have sidetracked God's people. Has gotten them off track. A lot of people don't even believe in the power of God. They don't even believe that God moves and manifests, uh, you know, in the earth today. I was raised in a certain religious denomination, and I didn't, I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know you can hear from God, be led by God, experience God in and through your life. I had no idea. Yet I was raised in the church. I was raised, like I said, in a certain denomination. But... I didn't know anything about the power of God. And that's where a whole lot of people are. But friend, uh, those times are changing. The word's getting out. We're getting back to the book of Acts. We're getting back to being a powerful people where God is able to be God in and through our life. You know, the Bible says, I think it's in the book of Chronicles. It says, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro throughout the whole earth. Searching. Think about this. The eyes of the Lord... Go to and fro throughout the whole earth, searching for those whose hearts are loyal to him. Or we could say fully committed to him. Or we could say have faith in him. That's all the same thing. The eyes of the Lord, he's looking. He's looking to see who has faith in him. That, it goes on to say, that he might show himself strong... On their behalf. See, God's looking to show himself strong. God's not looking to hide himself. God's looking to reveal himself. God's looking to manifest himself. But it's faith that manifests God in the earth. Just like, you know, I've, I've used this illustration before. You know, you got all these radio waves that are flying around us right now. But without a radio receiver, you can't hear any of it. You can't pick up on, on any of it. See? You need a radio receiver to tune these things in. Then once you have a radio receiver, man, then you can tune in all these different voices, all this different music, all this different noise that is going on in the atmosphere around us. But without a radio receiver, I mean, we can all just sit here and let's pray that we can tap into the sound waves. 
right? Let's all hold hands and pray that we could tap into the sound waves that are surrounding us this morning. Well, you could pray all day, but you're not going to get any of the sound waves tapped into. Right? You're not going to hear you're not going to hear any singing. You're not going to hear any news. Praise God. <laughs> right? You're not I mean you're just not you're not going to get anything. You can pray. You can say let's all hold our breath for 10 seconds. Let's have a moment of silence. You're still not going to hear anything. Without a radio receiver. Same thing with prayer. We can pray and pray all day, but without faith We're not going to hear anything. We're not going to receive anything. We're not going to get anything. Are you getting this? See, it's by faith that we're going to be able to ask and receive from God the things that we're asking for. God needs faith in the earth, just like a radio receiver needs to be here to be able to receive those sound waves, to be able to receive from God. He needs faith in us. So he's looking to and fro. And he's looking for those who have faith, those who are committed to him. They don't doubt him. They're not unsure about him. They're not wavering. They're not, I don't know, sometimes God does, sometimes he doesn't. I'm just not sure. See, that's not a commitment. That's not being fully committed. That's not fully trusting him. And so that's not faith. And so that's why people go without. So we're learning to keep ourselves in faith by being fully committed, fully trusting in his word. And of course, there's a lot in his word to believe and trust in. You can trust in him for your savior, as your savior, that you have eternal life through him, that when you die, that you'll spend eternity in heaven with him. Thank God for that. That's, that's the most important thing to believe because that's forever. That's forever. The most important thing to believe is that Jesus came, died for my sins, rose from the dead victoriously, and through him, now I have eternal life. All my sins are forgiven. I'm the righteousness of God in him. I am right in the sight of God, and I am ready for heaven. That is, number one, the most important thing. But then there's other things to believe, too. There's things to believe concerning your life here on the earth. Concerning divine health, God wants you to be healthy. If some kind of sickness, some kind of infirmity comes upon your body, uh, there's promises in God's word for healing. And you can believe God concerning being healed. But maybe some, somebody doesn't have faith. They're, they're uncertain about healing. They've got doubts down in their heart. They're, they're uncertain about that. But they still believe they have eternal life through Jesus. Still, what's the most important? That they, have, that they know they have eternal life, which is. So, so, but God wants you to know that you can be healed. He wants you to know that. Also, did you know the Bible says Jesus became poor that you might be rich? That's what the Bible says. He wants you to be rich in that he wants you to be fully supplied. He wants you to have a full supply of everything that you need and desire in life. He wants you to be able to abound to every good work. You can't do that if you're not fully supplied, blessed. So he wants you blessed. But these are promises in the word of God that we are to lay hold of. All kinds of wisdom in God's word for us to lay hold of and to walk in and to receive from him. And so that's why, man, we just keep getting in the word. We just keep getting in the word. We keep feeding on the word and it keeps feeding our faith. And it causes us to not just have AM, but to have FM. Right? And then to, to what, what is that? Uh, XM. What's it called? Siri, XM. You know, you, you can pull in all kinds of stations, right? So AM can pull in some stations. FM can pull in some stations. And then you got Siri, XM. Huh? Serious. It's serious. <laughs> You can see I don't pull much of that in. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's available. Right? And so that's just like our faith, see? You can have AM faith. But then you keep growing in your faith and you go to FM faith and now you can pull in even more. I'm talking about pulling in the promises. I'm talking about pulling in the revelation of God. I'm talking about pulling in the things that he has for you. Right? And now you get FM. Next thing you know, you get this other station. And you're just 
pulling in all kinds of stuff from God. I mean, you got that kind of faith. Praise God. I mean, some of you, glory be to God, are walking around like you got a dish over here and all kinds of stuff, a cable. and I mean, you got all kinds of stuff. You're just pulling in, pulling in from God. Can you say amen? That's who we are. So let's, let's pull in some stuff this morning. Let's believe God for revelation from his word. Let's get a hold of some great things that he has for us. Let's just do a, a, a quick review. We've been doing the book of Acts since November, so there are a few things to review, but I'll move through them. Uh, I'll just hit the high points swiftly. Uh, number one, concerning the early believers, the early church that we see here in Acts. Uh, number one, they were, we saw a praying church. Number two, they were an excited church full of expectancy, like you this morning. They were united in one accord. They were of one heart and one soul. That's powerful. Uh, Make sure you get Wednesday night's message. Get the recording of it if you weren't here. And make sure you come here on Wednesday nights because God's helping us with that. He's teaching us concerning uh, being his dream team, getting into one accord and accomplishing his purpose in the earth together. Uh, Number four, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Also, they spoke in tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. Well, we're we're to do all this today. This never should have ended. They spoke of a miracle working God. And they worked miracles among the people. They worked miracles among the people. Knowing they were servants of the Master. And not the source of the miraculous. They knew they weren't. The source, they were just God's servants. Number eight, their messages were convicting, cutting to the heart. They preached repentance, which brought times of refreshing that led to times of restoration. How many people can use some refreshing and some restoration, some R&R? Yeah, well, that comes as we repent, as God shows us things that are not right in our life, and we make the adjustment and we repent, then we receive a time of refreshing, which will lead into a time of restoration. God will begin to restore our life back to uh, his original plan for it, which is a great and awesome life. Hallelujah. Somebody say, God has planned a great and awesome life for me. Hallelujah. Number 10, they continued steadfastly in the word of God. Continued in it. They continued steadfastly in fellowship with one another. They were always praying together and eating together and just spending times together at Shoney's or wherever. But they got together. That was important. That's a very important part of our spiritual development. Growing in the grace of God is growing in our fellowship and our relationships with one another. Twelve, they feared God. We'll hear a little bit more about that today. They feared God. They were getting people saved daily. Daily getting people saved. They knew they were a gift from God to the world. Did you know you're God's gift to the world? God's church is God's gift to the world, praise God. And so uh, start unwrapping it for people. Start letting that gift be revealed to the world so that people can be saved, people can be touched, people can be helped, people can be healed. It's all in the gift, the gift that you are in this world, to this world. Fifteen, they were unashamed and bold, bold like lions. They faced persecution and prison fearlessly. They didn't water down the word of God for anyone small or great. People could see their boldness and could tell that they had been with Jesus. They listened to God more than man. We don't want to be men pleasers. We want to be God pleasers. Right? God pleasers. They magnified God above their problems. Whatever problems you might be dealing with today, God's bigger, God's greater, and God's the answer. God's the answer. So just keep lifting him up above all that. They spoke the word, not their opinions. 
They just give their opinions on things. They went and they found what God says about it. What does God say about this? What does God say about that? Somebody comes up to you, what's your opinion? You know, that's a good time to just go quiet. And just, and just think and meditate. Now, what does the word say about this? What does God say about this? Let's yield to the utterances of God, not just our own opinion. They knew their battles in life were really God's battle. They asked God to work through them, not just do things for them. That's a key to get things answered. They prayed the Lord to heal and work signs, wonders, and miracles through them. Did you pray that today? Huh? Did you ask God, did you pray, Lord, heal? Heal, Lord, work signs, wonders, and miracles through me. Do these things through me. Now, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 14, it says, earnestly desire, earnestly desire the best gifts. Desire the miraculous. Desire to prophesy. Desire uh, the power of God to operate through your life. If we're not asking for it, then how are we going to ever get in faith to receive it? Right? To, to, to believe we receive these things, we have to first ask for these things. So they asked for these things. And they were already operating, it to, operating in these things to a measure. But man, they were asking for more of it. Kind of reminds me of Moses. I mean, here's a man who God used to bring all kinds of signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. And then God used him to split the Red Sea. God used him to just take care of his people out there in the wilderness. I mean, he's, he sees the fire of God come down on this mountain. God is speaking to him face to face. I mean, Moses is just, experiencing just awesome things in God. But you know, with God, you, just, you never get to the place where you've had enough. It just makes you hungry for more. That's why the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Man, the more, you, the more you partake of him, the more you want. And so now, after all these experiences, all that Moses has had in God, Moses stands before the Lord and he says, please, show me your glory. He's praying. Here's his prayer. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. And God says, I'll make all my goodness pass before you. Or make all my awesomeness pass before you. My greatness pass before you. I'm going to manifest myself to you, Moses, in a great and awesome way. See, that's the glory of God. It's the manifested awesomeness of the Almighty. And Moses, he didn't get to a place where he felt like he had enough of it. I mean, he said, please show me your glory. So while he was in the glory of God, he's asking for more glory. We never want to get to the place where we're satisfied. When I was in the martial arts, I had a saying on my, on my, on my wall in the place where I worked out. I'm not sure if it was from Bruce Lee or who exactly it was from. But it said, to be satisfied with yourself is a sure sign that your forward motion is about to stop. To be satisfied with yourself is a sure sign your forward motion is about to stop. And I got news for you. If you're not moving forward, you'll start drifting backwards. Because the pull of this world is downhill. It's a downhill pull. And so if we just try to hit it in neutral, we're going backwards. You might as well hit reverse because you're going backwards. So we don't want to go backwards. We want to be going forward. We want, and to keep going forward, you can't be satisfied with what you got. You got to realize there's just so much more. There's so much more. If, if I've experienced this much liberty, if I've experienced this much of God, this much freedom, I mean, if it's been this good, wow, man, what still is to come? Because God is endless, eternal in his greatness. And I want to go after all of it. So we can say it this way in the church, to be satisfied with yourself is a sure sign that your forward motion has stopped and religion has begun. Religion has begun. So that's when religion begins. That's when you get all these religious denominations, all these different things, and now people are just going to church and they just have a form of godliness, but there is no power. Why? Because they're satisfied with it. They're satisfied with it, so now they don't have it anymore. They've lost it. They've lost it. And now they just have a dead religion. So that's not going to be you and me. We're hitting it. 
Full throttle. Full throttle. And every day, we've got a fervent spirit of faith about us. Praise God. We're going to go from the faith that we have to more faith. And to more faith. And to greater faith. And to greater faith. And our faith is going to grow exceedingly. Exceedingly growing faith. That's the faith of those of life of faith, Bible church. Can you say a big amen? Amen. Praise God. So they prayed these things for healing, that God would heal through them, work signs through them and wonders. And then 26, great power was upon them all so that they gave witness to the resurrection of Jesus. Great power upon them all. They gave to the work of God willingly, generously, and even bountifully. They were big givers. I'm talking about the early church. They were so generous. Uh, they, theirs wasn't, uh, there wasn't anyone among them who lacked anything. That's chapter 4, verse 34. There wasn't any among them that lacked anything. So isn't that interesting? Here, they gave bountifully. They gave generously. And as a result, none of them lacked anything. Right, because the Bible says give, and what? It will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. God wants your cup to overflow. He wants you to have more than enough. That's his will for your life. God's not looking for you to be poor. People have this mentality, religion has this mentality, that um, to be poor is to be humble. I have met some of the most arrogant, poor people that are out there. Come on, somebody. Poverty does not guarantee humility by any stretch of the imagination. Not at all. No, 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 no. No, God, God wants his people to be fully supplied. He wants us to have more than enough. That's why the early church, they lacked nothing. They didn't lack anything. And Psalm 23 declares that if the Lord's your shepherd, you shall not not want. You shall not be in lack. God wants to supply all your needs. How many? All All your needs. I'm I'm quoting from Philippians now. He wants to, I'm I'm talking God talk now. God wants to supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So you see, we don't have to be striving and struggling to make it in life. We don't have to be anxious and worried. Why? Because we've got a heavenly father who cares for us, who wants to provide for us. He doesn't want your boat to sink so that you die prematurely and drown. But he also doesn't want you to sink financially so that you drown in lack. God wants you to be fully Provided for so therefore we can rest even in the face of financial threats. No matter what goes on in the world. You know, we don't know what tomorrow holds. There's a lot of crazy things going on in our government. We don't know what tomorrow, what tomorrow holds concerning our economy. But we do know. Well, I shouldn't say our economy. Our nation's economy. But concerning our economy... Come on, somebody. Whatever happens in our nation's economy here on earth, we still have another government that we have given, that we show allegiance to. Thank God for the United States of America. We need to honor this nation that God has given to us. We need to ask God to bless it and protect it. But thank God we're not limited to it. As Christians, we're not limited to it. God can bring things to us in all kinds of different ways to meet all of our needs. You know, the Bible doesn't say, and my God shall supply all your needs according to the economy of the nation that you live in. Does it say that? No, it says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Praise God. So God is our provider. I work for him. I work for him. And I got news for you. I'm not the only one in the room that should be working for God. 
Understand? Everybody should be working for the Godfather. We all should be working for the Godfather. Right? And he pays you well. He'll take care of you. He'll supply all your needs. And if you're working for him, one of the things you want to see do is, is you want to see his kingdom advanced. You want to see people brought into the kingdom of God. You want to see people saved. That's a big part of, of doing the Father's business. It's getting the word out, getting the gospel out, leading people to the Lord Jesus. You know, hold your place in Acts and go to John, the fourth chapter. If, you, if you're working for him, then uh, get ready for payday. Right? If you're not working for him, then don't expect the paycheck from the Father. Right? Does that make sense? Look look what Jesus said over here in John 4. He's talking to a woman at this well, and um, he ends up sharing some things with her, and she ends up running off to tell everybody about Jesus. And now this whole crowd of people's coming. And Jesus says this in verse, let's pick it up here, in verse 31. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. I'm here to do the Father's work. I'm not working for myself. I'm working for him. Do, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they're already white for harvest. And he's talking about the people. He's talking about all the people that are now gathering to him. It's a harvest field. Of humans. It's a harvest field of souls that are to be harvested, brought into the kingdom of God. That's the work Jesus is doing. He says in verse 36 And he who reaps receives wages. In other words, he receives a paycheck. He who, re- he who reaps, he who reaps what? He who reaps this harvest of souls that's out here. He who brings people into the saving knowledge of the Lord. He who brings people to the truth. Gets them saved. Gets them in the kingdom of God. He said he receives wages. In other words, God's going to pay you for it. Think about that. God will pay you for every soul you bring into the kingdom of God. I mean, there's heavenly rewards, but there's also natural rewards too. Not everything's just heavenly over on the other side. Many of God's promises are right here for us on earth. Right now, in the here and now. In the here and now. Again, verse 36. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for each, and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored. And you have entered their labor. So there's a laboring to be going on. Generations have gone before us. They have labored in God's harvest field. The word of God has been being sown. And there are people out there, they're ready to be reaped. They're ready to be brought into the kingdom of God. We've got to stop thinking that, well, I know, uh, you know, thinking that nobody's really ready. That nobody really wants what we have. No, no, no. We're God's gift to the world. We have what they want. Everybody wants a gift. Is there anybody here that does not like gifts? Everybody likes gifts. You're God's gift to the world. People like you. Have some confidence. People like you. Why don't you just get out there and share the good news? I've been amazed, you know, how many people, you know, sometimes you just, you just don't know. You know, you look, you think, well, you know. I mean, there's nothing that's telling me right now that I should share the gospel with them. But, you know, we just do it. It's like some people are waiting around for God to do something. It's like when the moon turns a certain color, then I'll know, you know. 
If two yellow cars go by, Lord, just send two yellow cars, and then I'll know I'm supposed to minister to this person. Let me answer that for you. You're supposed to minister to that person. Share the good news with people. Right? He said, go, he said, go into all the world. He didn't say, he didn't say wait until something happens and, and then go. No, he's already told you to go. He's already told you to go. Go share the good news. Go, go tell people. So we don't have to wait around to, for, for God to tell us to go. So, you know, here I'm just stepping out. And I just start ministering. And I've done this many, 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 many times. And I would say 99% of the time, after I've shared the gospel with people, just, you know, just up out of, out of nowhere. We're just having a conversation about anything. I say, hey, 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 by the way, where are you at with God? How's your relationship with God? You know, it takes a little bit by surprise. But then you get into just a little conversation with them. And next thing you know, it leads to talking about Jesus and the plan of salvation. And in just a few minutes, you can just share the gospel with them. And time and time again, I'd say about 99% of the time, I've had people look at me and go, thank you so much. Thank you for telling me that. Thank you for sharing that with me. I never heard it like that before. I've had people, church people, churchy, churchy church people, that have said, I never heard it like that before. And it's just the basics of salvation. This is the basic plan of salvation. Most people are very thankful. I've never had anyone smack me yet. So I'm letting you know it's safe. <laughs> but if you get smacked, do what Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Don't worry about it. Praise God. Just go, go away rejoicing that you were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Right? But uh, I haven't had that happen yet. And guess what? It's still legal. It's still legal to share the good news. So you don't have to be like, is that a secret informer? Is that a secret informant that's, that I'm, you know, is this a spy? Is there a spy in our congregation this morning? You know, a government spy. And we're all going to get in trouble for preaching the gospel. That day may come. We might see that in our lifetime. I pray it doesn't happen, but it could happen. What are we going to do then? If we can't share it now, what in the world are we going to do then? Church will just dry up. It'll just dry up and go away. So we've got to wake up now. Get busy. Let's get out in the harvest field. Let's labor, praise God. Let's bring souls into the kingdom of God while people are smiling and saying thank you. And it's relatively safe. Come on, somebody. I need more than that. Let's rise up and let's share the good news with people because what we have is exceedingly good and exceedingly important. And people's eternity is hanging in the balance concerning whether or not we're going to share these things or not. So we got to get aggressive with that. But here, the Lord says he'll pay you for it. He'll even pay you for it. Jesus lets you know you'll receive wages for it. He's going to take care of you. If you're busy about the Father's business, the Father is going to take care of you. He's going to make sure you are fully supplied. Hallelujah. So let's make sure we're fully supplied by having God's business in mind, all right? We're seeking to serve and please him. Praise God. So now we pick it up here in verse 36 of Acts chapter 4. And Joses, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, just the verse before that, it was just the, the verses before that, it was just talking about how the whole church, everybody was doing this. People were selling property. People were liquidating things. They were bringing their finances into the church. They were laying them at the altar, you know, laying them at the apostles' feet for them to distribute and do with it as the ministry saw best to do. And so, I mean, this is like a move of God. Everybody is in this giving mode. They're all just generous givers. And why was that? Because they were so grateful. They were so grateful for what they had discovered. They found the true riches. What are the true riches? The true riches are the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. That's the true riches. 
I mean, you understand, up in heaven, gold is like nothing. That's not like the true riches. You understand, they pave the streets with it up there. It's asphalt. We don't walk around and go, look at the asphalt. Look at the asphalt. This is quality asphalt. And when no one's out there, we're trying to chop a little asphalt up, you know, just to bring a little asphalt home. You don't do, does anybody do that with the asphalt? When you get to heaven, you won't do that with the gold either. When you get to heaven, you, you won't be sitting there going, look at the street. It's gold. That'd be as ridiculous as down here looking at the asphalt. Say, why? Because there's something a whole lot greater going on in heaven. And it's the Shekinah glory, the manifested awesomeness of the Almighty. God's presence is all over the place. Come on, somebody. I mean, they're experiencing the true riches. See? So it makes gold like asphalt in heaven. See? And that's what it does in our heart. It does the same thing to our heart. Gold is like asphalt in our heart. It's just tools. It's just materials. It's just things we use to trade and to move around down here and get things done on the earth. But that's not the true riches to us. The true riches to us is the glory. It's knowing him. Knowing him and his power. Walking with him. Walking in the wisdom of God. That's the true riches. That's what we're going after. That's what we're pursuing. That's what we're working for. Everybody's working for the weekend. No, we're working for the gold of God, the glory of God. That's what we're going after. We're going after him. That's what we should be working for. I mean, it'd be a terrible thing if, I, you, know, if you found out that there was a minister who was in it for the money. He's just up there working for the money. Well, what are you doing? five, six, seven days a week. What do you go to work for? But I got news for you. It's equally as awful for any child of God to be out working for money. We're to be working for the king. We're to be working for the glory of God. And in doing that, he teaches us how to profit. He teaches us how to increase in the things of this world so that we are fully supplied. So that, number one, we can abound to every good work. And it's God's good pleasure to give you good things. He delights in the prosperity of his servants as we delight ourselves in him. We delight ourselves in him. And then things just become a tool by which we can express that delight in God through. Those things are not our delight. It's what we uh, express what we have from God through. You see the difference? Praise God. So we're, we're going after him. That's what we are pursuing. And so here, the church, they were so grateful for all that they had discovered in God, the true riches, that they had become very generous. They were aggressively generous. They were aggressively generous. And they were moving by spying, by selling things, doing whatever they could to help the ministry, to help the work of God, to help advance God's people. That's what they were all about. And really, it's a move of the Spirit. That doesn't just happen of ourselves. It takes the grace of God to be a great giver like that, to be generous like that. <clears throat> it takes the grace of God. In fact, the Bible over in, in um, let's see here, I think it's First Corinthians, nah, Second Corinthians 9. Mm, that's could be first. Let's see. Yeah, Second Corinthians. Actually, here in uh, chapter nine, that's what I said. Notice is here in verse six. But this I say: He who sows sparingly. Well, let's back up, because you've got to get this in its context. Let's go to verse 5. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to you ahead of time and prepare your bountiful gift. He's talking about a financial gift that the people had promised to give into Paul the Apostle's ministry. <clears throat> and prepare your bountiful gift beforehand, which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity, 
and not as a grudging obligation. God's not looking for people to give grudgingly, like they feel like they have to give, you know. That's something they want to do. It's a generous thing. Verse 6, but this I say, and here comes the promise that comes along with it, being generous. He says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. He loves when people get happy about giving. They're excited about giving. That's what we see here in the early church. They were excited about giving. It was something that made them cheerful. It was a joyful thing. Remember, Jesus said, it's more blessed to than it is to See, that's what Jesus said. So you see, they had tapped into that, into the greater blessing, in the blessing of giving. Everybody say, giving is the greater blessing. Yeah, it's a greater blessing than just getting. Hallelujah. And that's where we want to get to. We want to walk in the greater of everything that God has called us to, God has called us into. We want to walk in the greater of everything. So we want to be a greater blessing. Again, this is so important here because we live in such a self-centered world. And everything's about moi, right? Everything's about yourself. It's about enriching yourself. It's about fulfilling yourself, blessing yourself, getting for yourself. That's just the mentality in the world. But it's a fallen world. It's fallen away from God. Sin dominates this planet. So that's not to be you and I. Again, anything that the world is over into, you'll find that you and I need to be over in the complete opposite. Complete opposite. Because the world in so many ways is just operating at the complete opposite. As the complete opposite of God. So we don't want to be the complete opposite of God with the world. We want to come over here and listen... Be the opposite of the world. Now, that might cause some persecution. That might cause things to be a little uncomfortable for you because people that have worldly thinking are going to have a problem with you when you have godly thinking because it's the opposite of worldly thinking. Right? So, but you can't be afraid of that. You've got to say, well, no, this, I'm sorry, but this is godly thinking. This is godly preaching. This is, this is godly wisdom. This is the word of God. This is how it works. So we're going to come over here and we're going to work things God's way. We're going to do it according to God's wisdom, not according to the world's wisdom. Praise God. And he says, in God's kingdom, as you sow bountifully, get ready. You're going to reap bountifully. See, now we need to expect that because God said it and faith expects it. Faith believes that. Faith tunes that in and says, wait a second, I'm a bountiful giver. So therefore, I'm a bountiful reaper. Hallelujah. Now all the generous givers just said, Amen. Praise God. Because that's exciting news. That's exciting news. And again, what's generous verse for one? It will be different for somebody else. But let each one give as he purposes in his heart. That's what he, we just finished reading. So as you purpose in your heart. But we need to purpose to become aggressive givers. Aggressively generous. An aggressive blessing. That's why a lot of people don't lead people to Jesus. They don't share the gospel with them. They're not aggressive about it. Well, God, if you want me to say something, I'll say it. You know, it's this passivity. Because ultimately, I really don't care about you going to hell as long as I'm going to heaven. As long as I'm fully supplied, I'm taken care of. I'm happy. Thank you. We've got to get that mentality completely out in every area, not just financially, but in every area. We've got to be givers. We've got to be a blessing. We've got to be a helper and a strength and looking to reach out beyond ourselves. That's godly wisdom. That's God's way of living. And Jesus said it is more blessed. It is the higher life. It is the happier life. Woo, hallelujah. Praise God. It's the happier life. And so that's what you and I are pursuing. And so now as he goes on, now he just talked about being a cheerful giver. And then he says this in verse 8. And God is able to make all grace 
Everybody say grace. grace. And he's just talking about giving. Sparingly, bountifully. God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may, may have an abundance for every good work. Man, that you have an abundance so that you can give even greater, that you can abound in your giving, that you can abound every good work. And he says, that's the grace of God. And then he says, as it is written, verse 9, he has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, he, his righteousness remains forever. He, now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything. Somebody say, God wants to be enriched in everything. And this is God's will for you. He wants you enriched in everything. For all liberality which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Hallelujah. So God wants us to be big givers, but we just saw here... It's according to his grace. It's according to his grace. And we want to grow in this grace. We want to grow in this grace of God, this grace of being able to give. Because we want to tap into the greater blessing. Don't we? We want to tap into the greater blessing. Praise God forever. Second Chronicles. Actually, Psalm 51, verse 12 says, Restore to me the joy of your salvation. And uphold me by your generous spirit. What kind of spirit does God have? A generous spirit. God's spirit is a generous spirit. He's a generous spirit. I'm not just talking about being generous in church. I'm talking about being generous in life. We're talking about about a lifestyle. We're talking about living, yielding to the Holy Spirit. If we're yielding to the Holy Spirit, then we're going to be yielding to a generous spirit. See? Which means what? Well, it means we're going to be generous. How many people want to see a great move of God? A move of the Spirit. Well, uh, if we're going to see a move of the Spirit, then we're going to see God's people moving with the Spirit. And when God's people move with the Spirit, they'll be moving in generosity. They'll be generous. Generous givers. A generous blessing. And whenever you see a move of God, like we see here in the book of Acts, I mean, God is moving. We see the people moving to give. I mean, I've been in some meetings where it was a move of God. And the minister got up, and he was sharing some things. I couldn't tell you exactly what he was sharing on. But all of a sudden, somebody jumps up, just spontaneously, runs to the front, and throws an offering at the altar. And just started shouting. I was in this meeting. I saw this happen. Threw an offering at the Just started shouting. And before he could even get back to his chair, somebody else came running up. And did the same thing. And then next thing you know, another one popped up. And another one popped up. And the whole place, next thing you know, just started running to the, running to the front to give. And, and listen, there wasn't one face without a smile. I mean, these people were cheerful. These people were so excited. They were running. They were running. And it was, you know, there was... Lots of people there. So it just piled up in heaps, the offerings. I mean, just piled up in heaps. And uh, I guess they had to get a rake or something to, at, at the end of the service. But I've seen that on more than one occasion where people bring an offering in heaps. And it is a move of the Spirit of God. It's God moving. And the people joyfully moving with him. We want to move with God not just in moves that we think would be beneficial to us. We want to move with God however he is moving. I said we want to move with God however he's moving. And we can't let anything in our life restrain us from being able to move with him. To flow with the spirit of God. Come on, we're getting back to the book of Acts. Right? These people, nothing in this world held them and held them back from allowing God to move in and through their life. And that's why God accomplished such amazing, awesome things in their life. And sometimes we got to ask the Lord, we got to pray and say, Lord, you know, search me, help me to find out, is there anything in me 
that is bigger to me than yielding to you? Is there anything in me that's, that's bigger to me than cooperating with you and flowing with you and going on with you? Because lots of people have lots of different things that got them tied down. Got them tied down and restricted and unable to just move with however God wants them to move. I don't want anything restricting me. I was just talking to somebody uh, just this week. I was letting them know. I said, listen, there is nothing that I have in my life that I'm aware of that, that controls me. There isn't a drink. There isn't a favorite food. There has been things in the past, but, you know, the Lord dealt with me about it. You know, I've, I've shared with you about Fortune Delight. It was this little package, you know, years back when we were out in Oklahoma. There was, um, it was like an iced tea, you know, but it was herbs, and it's supposed to be really good for you. So, you know, I didn't want to do caffeine. It's because the Lord dealt me about that, so I had to put that away. So then I found this Fortune Delight, and I started mixing my Fortune Delight every afternoon. You know, you get a little groggy after lunch. I'd run over and get my Fortune Delight. And it would just pick me right back up. And it was good stuff. It was all herbs and everything else. It was really nice. So every day I was having my fortune to life. We were going on a trip. It was like, did you pack the fortune to light? <laughs> Got to have my fortune to light. <laughs> it was nice. It was herbs. It was good for me. God loves this. This is good stuff. <laughs> and then, you know, I started saying, I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might with the help of fortune to light. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think the Lord liked that. I don't know. It was just because I was getting too attached to it. Or maybe, it, you know, it wasn't all as good as for me as I thought it was. But the Lord dealt with me about it. No more fortune to lie. Because one day I went to go stir me some. And all of a sudden I had this ugh on the inside. You know, this really like yucky, like feeling like you're doing something wrong. Did you ever get that feeling? Yeah. Like you're doing something wrong. I'm like, well, it couldn't be about the fortune to lie. <laughs> but, you know, if you're not sure then don't mess with it. I mean, I want to obey God. I don't, I don't want to miss it on anything. So, so I put the fortune delight away. I thought, okay, well, I, won't, I just won't drink it today. You know? So then the next day came, and I was excited to get my fortune delight, and I, I, short, I thought, surely that time has passed where the Lord didn't. He, it was just probably yesterday. He didn't want me to drink that. So I fixed it all up. Yeah, uh, I got this yucky feeling. Couldn't do it. Well, that just, that just kept happening. Finally, I just said, oh, i just forget about it. And I put it away. See? I didn't say, oh, I got to have that. See, I don't want anything controlling me. I said, I don't want anything controlling. I don't want anything between me and God. I want to obey him. I don't want anything to have a hold on me. You know, God wants you to be able to have things without things having you. But that's so hard for so many people. So many people, they have things, but more than that, the things that they have, have them. And that's why it's hard for them to receive more from God. Because the things they already have, have them. And that's not where he wants us to live. That's bondage. I said it's bondage. But where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Hallelujah. There's freedom from bondage. I don't want anything to have me. God says, turn that off. I turn it off. God says, put that away. I put that away. And praise God, I can say, there's nothing. There's nothing that has me that I'm aware of. There's nothing that, has, there's nothing that controls me. I have to have, I have to do, a place I have, whatever. There's nothing. That's a great place of freedom to live in. Hallelujah. That's the way God wants it for us. If God says, give it, I want to be able to give it. I don't want to say, I can't give that. Like the rich young ruler, you remember him, right? Jesus said, do this, do that, and he couldn't do it. He couldn't do it because the things that he had had him. And think about what he missed out on. Think of how that hindered him from moving in the spirit of God, moving with the flow of God. Think about that. Jesus, a move of God is right in front of him. And he has an opportunity to walk with Jesus in full manifestation in the earth. But he couldn't do it because Jesus wanted him to give away his jet ski. And he just couldn't give the... I'll give the camel, but I'm not going to give the jet ski. Lord, I'll give you two camels, but don't mess with my jet ski. <laughs> right? Just don't, just don't mess with that one. 
There's certain things that are off limits to God. Nothing should be off limits to God. And we shouldn't be afraid of that because God's not looking to plunder you. God's not looking to plunder you. God's looking to bless you. God's looking to increase you. God's looking to, to encourage you to have more and more and more so you can abound to every good work. That's God's will for you. So why worry? You wouldn't if you trust him. I said you wouldn't if you trust him. Can you say amen? amen. Praise God. Somebody say, I want to be in the move of God. I want to flow with the spirit of God. I don't want anything. Holding me back. I want to be free indeed. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, even my wife. One time a long time ago, I used to sing this song. Can't live if living is without you. Right? And she was, I think, hopefully the same way, weren't you? Yeah, I think you were. <laughs> and the Lord called me, you know, out to Bible school, and she couldn't come with me. I'm thinking, she can't come with me. But I knew he was... This is before we were married. But uh, he was calling me to go. And I knew me going all the way to Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, leaving New York. I mean, this, this relationship ain't going to make it. So to me, it was God saying it's over. This, this relationship's over. And so it was, it, was, it was as tough as could be. But I'm going to go obey God. I got news for you. If I know God's calling me somewhere, I'm going. And we get a couple of amens. Because there's a lot of people that have totally disobeyed God, missed God, because there was people and things they didn't want to leave. And I could tell you some stories. And they didn't want to leave those things. And so, boy, it cost them. It cost them way more than that thing. So anyway, I left my heart in San Francisco, actually in New York. I left her there. And I went on to do what God called me to do. But you know what was amazing about it? Through the process of time, God did such a work in us that our relationship went from an addictive dependency upon each other and I have to have you and I can't live without you, which is how you, all the love songs in the world are, right? Got to have you, can't live without you, we depend on each other. You know, my favorite, my favorite song was, you know, I can't live with or without you. You know, because in one second she'd drive me crazy. I'm like, this is done, this is over. I've, I've had enough of this and before the night's over, it's like, are you, what are you doing, baby? <laughs> Can I come over? What a mess. What a mess. That is a messy world, man. Anyway, God, you talk about deliverance. That was a deliverance. God, God severed that thing, and I died to it, because to me, it was like it was over. And then, so I died, and then in the summer, when I came back from school for summer break, it revived, only to have to die again when I went to second year. You understand? I had to die again. So like Catherine Coleman, I died a thousand deaths. <laughs> you know Catherine Coleman? God used her mightily in miracles. She said, I died a thousand deaths. It's like with my wife, I died with a thousand, I died a thousand deaths. But anyway, I died, she died, we died, and we got, we got free. We got free. Now we don't have to have each other. Now we want to be with each other, but we don't have to be. Big difference. Big difference. Being indignant, have to be, and we just want to be. We just want to fulfill God's plan for our life. But, you know, so we were in a place one time in a certain meeting, and we had been going there a couple of days. And so we were sitting in the front row, and this usher, you know, he started getting familiar with us and things. And so he was talking to us, and, and he came up and he goes, Now, you two can't live without each other. And he looked like he was getting ready to preach a whole message, you know. You two can't live without each other. And the two of us in stereo answered, Yes, we can. It's, it's, right? It's startling. Just took him back and said, Yes, we can. He said, No, you can't. You need each other. I said, No, we don't. We need the Lord. All we need is the Lord. But we love each other, so we're going to stick around. <laughs> we're going to still hang out with each other. See, So it's a big difference. But see, that's freedom. It's freedom. It's freedom. Praise God. My life isn't ruined if she left me. Now, that's not an insult to her. See, some people look at that and go, are you going to let him talk that way to you in front of everybody? But you see, my life goes on without her. There's marriage after divorce. There's marriage after There's life after divorce. There's life after death. There's life after these things. 
Life goes on. Everybody say, life goes on. With Jesus. We're living for him. We're following him. He's our joy. He's our peace. He's our fulfillment. He's our need meter. He supplies all my needs. According to his riches. In glory. Hallelujah. Praise God. Come on, let's stand on our feet this morning. Thank God for the truth that has set us free. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.